Does God really have a plan for your life? Welcome to the call. Jason Bortz is with us, and he's a content manager for Faith-Based Casting. But Jason says the greatest position he's held is dad to his awesome kids. Please make sure you stay to the end of this interview for a word of encouragement. Jason, welcome to the call. <laughs> Thank you so much for having me. Thank you. Jason, I'm so glad you're here. You know, you have uh, a great background of acting, producing, and directing, but was it always like that? No. Uh, drama was a lifeline for me, but that also became my obsession. Um, and that's all I thought about. Uh, you know, if I wasn't eating, drinking, sleeping with scripts in my hand or memorizing roles and doing three shows at once in different entities, then I felt empty and completely like I didn't have something. How did God turn you around and get you going? The more you're reminded that the miraculous exists, the more your mind is taken off self. Mm -hmm. And the more that for me, in my loneliest points, when I wasn't, because it also drives you, I mean, this industry can drive you to seeking comfort in lots of things. You know, you can just seeking comfort in substances, seeking comfort in people, seeking comfort in distractions, escapism. Mm -hmm. uh, and people are, especially people who have a lot of pain and a lot of trauma in their life will tend to go, go to those things because they're instant. They're easily accessible. Um, but he doesn't stop just because you're pulling back. Mm -hmm. uh, he'll and he will hold back at times. <laughs> you know, he'll say, "Nope, don't hit the wasp nest. Don't hit the wasp nest." Okay, hit the wasp nest. <laughs> what we learn, <laughs> you know, yeah, and that's yeah. that's that's always been kind of my you know my relationship in that he is like the ideal dad um, who will also allow me to get hurt, but never too far. So you know, I it makes me think like. Have you ever hit rock bottom? Because I'm, I'm sure that my audience out there, there's somebody who's hit rock bottom and says, I, I don't know, I, I can't go on like this. Like, I've, I've got to, I got to find another way to make a living or mm. I, this acting thing is not working. How would you encourage them? How did, what happened to you that, you know, may, if you hit rock bottom, did you come up from there? What happened? Therapy. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, that helps. Uh, you know, I've gone through some straight, really crazy things. Um, I was part of a scam that was, uh, I had a notarized contract for $1.3 million. A notarized contract that was delivered with, with letterhead from Francis Ford Coppola's studios. Somebody did that to you? Mm-hmm. Yeah. They didn't just do it to me, though. They did it to an entire church. There were several people in that church oh my that they brought in. There was a family that sold the equity, sold their house because they were moving. We were all supposed to go to a different continent to film. They sold their house that they had bought when they were married, gave the new owners the equity in it. Um, wow. This was a 10-month process. And I was brought in about halfway into it. And brought on and then went through an interview process, an audition process where I self-taped, sent it off and got the got the contract. And it was uh, couriered from L.A. to me. The wow. whole thing was was being perpetrated by people who at the time 
since they got they stopped renting their house, we had an extra room. So we allowed them to come live with us before we left. So at the time that about three quarters of the way through, I realized something's not right here. And I, you know, and I prayed on it and I was like, okay, what do I do? And he came back and said, I'm giving this to you because I need you to be the catalyst because you can handle it. And so I went through a process of tracking down their inner, their IP address, tracking down all of their correspondence. Um, my wife at the time I was married. Uh, I'll get into that because this is all part of it. <laughs> So yes, I have bottom. Uh, <laughs> wife at the time got into her email, got into this woman's email, found that she was typing emails to people as though she was already living in another country. And at that exact same time, someone came up from Los Angeles who was part, who was best friends with the person producer, with the person supposedly producing it. And he came into town and a friend of mine was like, you might want to talk to this guy. So I came in, we came in to talk to him. And he was like, okay, I just want to let you know that I have known him for now. We were like, no, no, no. We know it's not real. We just want to know if you have things that we can show for proof. And he's like, okay, good. All right. Because it's not real. This is not happening. That contract is not real. That is his signature. She's got it down. Wow. Um, he went through photo evidence of their relationship with the, with the person supposedly producing. Mm -hmm. And he got in touch with the, the legal team at Zoetrope. And the lawyer said, you know what? Uh, very sorry. This happens. We have a nutball file and I'm very sorry. I said, can you send me a legal document that states that I've never had anything to do that, that this is not happening? He goes, absolutely. So mm -hmm. he sent me, ironically, this sheet of paper, you know, that's on their, their letterhead and it's, it's signed and it just says we have no record of hire ever hiring Jason Vortz. This project is not greenlit. It has nothing to do with us. So it was like, great, you know, I'm associated with this studio in a in a letter that shows that it's all fake. And the last 10 months of my life have rotated around this, but I've given up nothing except the space in my house and trust. Mm -hmm. There are people who lost their homes. There were over 50 people who had been scammed and the, it wasn't even for money. It was for prestige. This wow. person did it because they had this mindset that if they manifested it, it would happen it broke some people's lives oh. for me. I had shown my dad, the contract I had talked to former mentors. Then I had to go back and show them the contract again and watch my father break down because oh. his, the joy that his son was, was finally after, you know, 20 years getting somewhere. Yeah. Uh, to realize and his sorrow for me and his fear of what I was going to do. Um, there are times when every actor who is struggling has to step away because the only thing that informs our art is living our life. Because when actors graduate from a school where they invest their time and money in practice, nothing will train them better than fully experiencing life for a bit outside of it you know, having children or taking on a new project or a new job endeavor or moving to a different state or country um, because we need to separate ourselves to heal, to grow. And those experiences are just as rich and more so than us studying, studying, studying. You know, it's like the people who get their degrees and they know a whole lot, but they're 
horrible with people, mm-hmm. you know, because they've spent all of their time in front of this studying and, and obsessing. I, I got onto a project with an A-list actor who's a good friend of mine. I was down uh, working on a script with him. We were going to, I was writing, co-writing a script with a guy who's really well known. I'm not going to talk about him because he has his privacy. Um, he was working on a very large budget film and then he would get off the film and we'd come back and we'd corroborate, collaborate, mm-hmm. spent a weekend there, came home. Within 48 hours, my daughter's pneumonia was had been misdiagnosed and she had stage three cancer. Oh, my gosh. That's terrible. So that project went away. Spent the next 10 months keeping the business going as my daughter fought that. And my wife was at the hospital with her. Um, and I would go and visit her there. And I was running a theater at the time. We were co-running a theater. I was playing Bert and Mary Poppins who's a guardian angel who's supposed to be lifting everybody's spirits. Mm. I only remember three moments in that show. And I remember almost all of the shows that I've ever done, but the trauma was so great at the time. Mm -hmm. If I didn't have that show and playing that role at that time where I had to be that person, I don't know what I would have done. Mm. And she was on a prayer chain around the world because my mom had put her on so many lists and I had put her out there and we put her on Facebook and, and thankfully, uh, she was healed. And Praise God. Praise God she was healed. And then in that month, my wife announced she didn't want to be married anymore after 18 years. Oh. Um, and it wasn't like a fireproof situation. Um, she had made up her mind and she had already taken steps to be with someone else. Mm. Um, so there were a series of letdowns. Yeah, it was just like I was at the plateau, right? Doing exactly what I love to do, and then boom, 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 boom. And over the next year, I went from there mm-hmm. to stepping out of the business that I built with my ex-wife because it was her childhood dream. So I stepped out, and then watching that business tank. Mm. One, I and at that point, you really, uh, I just left. I, I moved uphill. Because mm. I wanted to get above the insanity, yeah, <laughs> and to heal. But in that time, arts seems stupid. Acting seems stupid because all you're doing is pretending. Writing is stupid because what you're just putting your thoughts out there, and eight billion people have thoughts. Mm-hmm. Nobody's paying you to do that, mm-hmm. you know. And so all of that. All of the built up trauma, uh, the first things to go are the first things that you're not succeeding at. Yeah. And so it is it is difficult, even if you don't have that multi-tiered layer of getting hit and you're down and it, it jumps on top of you and just keeps pummeling you. Mm-hmm. Some people don't need all of that. For me, it was just like, okay, the enemy clearly hates me, um, you know, but during it, it's another Holy Spirit thing where the Holy Spirit goes, I go, I have proof. I have proof. I can, I can, I want justice. I want redemption. And he just goes, you need to manage your tongue. That's all you need to do. Mm. I will heal you. Mm-hmm. I've got this. Yeah. You manage your tongue because your children need somebody to trust. Yeah. And right now they don't trust you. You're not that guy. Yeah. Eventually you will be, but right now it's you and me. There's going to be somebody out there who really is struggling themselves. And, you know, 
sees that you have overcome your circumstances and that your daughter came out. Mm -hmm. Okay. And you're sitting on the other side of this camera and you're okay. And you're still functioning and you still (laughs) are going. (laughs) Yeah. You know, functioning some days functioning is that's all, if that's all you're doing, you're functioning and that's awesome. You know, Uh, this industry is, you know, some people, some people get the idea that this industry is nice to people. It's not, you don't get your privacy anymore. You don't get your, you don't, your self-esteem goes down the toilet when you get rejected again and again and again and again and again. My first experience in Hollywood, I came into Hollywood, my certificate from the National Shakespeare Conservatory in New York City, walked in my first audition. There were 40 people who looked exactly like me. Oh, 40. Same height, same hair, same eyes. A few of them even had the same mole on my chin. And one came out of the casting director's office and looked like me. And another one came in that looked like me. And I went, oh, so this, okay. okay. <laughs> wow. Yeah. No joke. I mean, wow. no, he, I, I I walked in and I literally started laughing. I walked in and just went, oh, okay. <laughs> yeah. All right. All right. You know, people are looking at me. I'm like, how's it going? Wow. Okay. Wow. All right. Paradigm shift. You know, yeah. I had an audition uh, for Amblin Entertainment, the casting director there. He said, hey, you're brand new. And I'm just going to tell you this right now. You're very, very good. Stick it out. I would cast you right now. But there's another guy here who's been here for five years and I need to cast him. And I'm like, well, can we do callbacks and stuff? And he goes, no, because you need to pay your dues. And wow. he's been here for five years. I can't cast you. Yeah. Just your first time out is when I have somebody who I've seen again and again and again and again. Yeah. So stick with it. Wow. And I left feeling dejected, you know, because I'm like, that's not fair. And that's a dumb system. That's the system. Yeah. You know, and and there must be people that are watching that are saying, I didn't realize that was happening out there. Mm -hmm. That I mean, I would never have thought that there would be 40 people that look just like you. And and I, I was just there for like my half an hour. They yeah. weren't done coming in. When you yeah. walk into like, you know, Bonnie Timmerman, who did um, Star Wars, you know, yeah. uh, you know, and all those huge movies, you walk into her and the, the number of submissions they have are headshots that stack up to the desk when they used to do headshots. Headshots, piles that stack up to the desk, go around the desk, along the wall and around the room. And that's just the, the those are the unknowns. Yeah. The, you know, that doesn't even include the A-listers that they're looking for and the B-listers they're looking for. Now it's just people, you know, people create these two minute demo reels and their casting directors and assistant casting directors usually are, are handling it. And they, all they do is they their job is to open it, watch for five seconds and swipe it to a possibly or no. We'll open it, watch for five seconds. Can Can I hear them? Can they act? Are they personable? That's what they look at. They go, click, maybe, swipe, click. Maybe. No. Click. Click. And then it goes, you get that folder and they do the same thing and they do it again and again and again. And people get broken by this. They spend all this time and money on creating these demo reels. They don't understand that. Yeah. The industry is a machine. Yeah. And, you know, so when we get emails for for faith-based casting and they say, you know, God told me I'm the next Jim Caviezel. That's cool. Do you have any training? No. Where do I sign up, though? Well, you know, first, it's going to take a little bit unless he literally said you are the next Jim Caviezel. Um, but, you know, some people, they they get an idea that it's going to be instant fame because God wants them for that. 
Yeah. And a lot of people don't, they forget Moses. Yeah. You know, and they forget Joshua and Caleb. Cause you know, forget Moses for a minute. Those guys knew, they knew that it was true. And because of the people around them, they had to wait. Yeah. And so what did they do for 40 years? What did they do when, you know, seething? Because they're just normal guys. And God isn't like talking to them regularly, like he's talking to Moses, but they yeah. have to go along with it. And that's yeah. what it's kind of like when you enter into this industry. You have to go along with people saying, no, you got to pay your dues. Well, I'm good now. You'll be better in five years. Keep at it. It's yeah. like, okay, I could be dead tomorrow. Yep. Yeah. You know, <laughs> it's really frustrating. And, and especially when you finally get down to it and they're like, okay, we've rewritten, we've rewritten the script. There's a couple new scenes and you look at the scenes, you go, I don't want to do that. Yeah. Yeah. I don't want to do that. I can't do that. I can't do that. But you finally there. Yeah. You finally got your chance. I, what are you going to do? I love this encouragement that you're giving everyone. <laughs> and it sounds like a really backhanded encouragement, but it's the the fact is that, you know, when it's when it's written, your brothers and sisters are sharing in the same sufferings all throughout the world. Yes. It can also apply to this in a way, because while we're not being persecuted in this industry per se, I mean, people say, well, it's run by the Jews. Yeah, but the Jews do some really good work, too. And Jesus Absolutely. was a Jew. So back off. <laughs> you know, it's like <laughs> it's it's like the the. People often and often I find that, you know, unfortunately, some Christians believe that it's persecution if they don't land their first role. Yeah. They don't get their first role and they say, well, obviously the, the devil wants me to, to be down. And it's like, no, this, this is a human thing. You know, yeah. don't even, we're not even into the spiritual aspects of this yet. This is yeah. you, you know, this is you like that whole getting up and learning to walk part. Yeah. You know, yeah. Um, and now my friends in L.A., most of them are leaving. Uh, going to Atlanta or to Florida or to Tennessee or to Arkansas. Yep. or um, And I talked to a couple of people who are there and they're like, I could just get paid too much to leave. I hate this place. If you can create content, create content where you are. Yeah. Because that's, that is how you're going to get places quicker. Coming to LA to work or to beat the streets again, uh, it's oversaturated. And yeah. if you look at what they're doing, most of the stuff they're doing are acquisitions or imitation of acquisitions. Um, what would you like to leave my audience with today? I think it's critical that anybody who's discouraged or questioning, who does have faith and feels like maybe, am I just not listening? Have I been disqualified? Did I do something wrong? Uh, am I outside of the Lord's will? Has he removed his umbrella of protection? All of the different religious things that you might've heard. Mm -hmm. You've got to strip those things away from you because those eat at your soul my friend larry used to say it was like being nibbled to death by ducks because your relationship and your joy comes from one source you know and that's god through christ and the holy spirit that's that's what you got to focus on so i would tell people you know if you're feeling discouraged and you're asking the lord you know what am i doing here really get out of your own head because he wants you to do that he wants you to be relational and he wants you to be intentional about your life. Look outwards, seek him inwards, but then look around you and be awake, be alive. Because acting isn't everything. You'll always have that. Actors will always have it because it's part of them. We do it every day. But investing ourselves in others, if we get that, if that tap gets turned off, we can't be nourished because we're not looking to be fed. You know, and God is trying to give us little morsels. You know, I've got hummingbirds flying around me as I'm doing this interview. You know, God's giving us little morsels every day. They're just little like little breaths to remind us I'm here. I'm with you. 
You're not alone. Thank you for watching the call. We hope you learned more about Jesus through this video. Proverbs 3, 5 and 6 says, Trust in the Lord with all your heart and do not lean on your own understanding. In all your ways, acknowledge him and he will make your path straight. And Romans 8, 28. And we know that for those who love God, all things work together for good for those who are called according to his purpose. Jesus is with you in this walk of life, leading and guiding you in the way you should go. Do you listen to the call of God? Because God speaks to you every day. Are you listening to the call? What sound is